Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello and welcome back to Nine Bob Note. I'm Paul Isles Rush. I'm Ken Moss. And we usually uh, start by announcing what what subject we're going to be discussing this week. But Ken, I think there's only one thing we can talk about this week. Prince Philip. The sad death of the Duke of Edinburgh. Yes. We we are the subjects this week. We are. <laughs> the loyal subjects. No, well, I don't think it's any great uh, surprise to anyone that's heard me on podcasts over the years. I am a royalist. And, um, I mean, the, he was 99 years old. He was three months away from his 100th birthday. I have always said it will be a black day when he goes. And it was. It's one of those rare... I hesitate to use the word celebrity death, but famous people deaths that actually did hit me because he's done a lot. Whatever, you know, he's he's been said over the years, his gaffes, but whatever faux pas he's made over the years, he's done an awful lot more than any of us are ever likely to do. And I honestly do think it's a sad loss on many levels. The Queen's husband, they've been married 73 years grandfather, great-grandfather, heaven knows how many times over, served in the war fighting actual Nazis. (laughs) And not only has he been by the Queen's side supporting her all this time, he's also done a lot of work on his own. So I had ultimate respect for Prince Philip, and that's one member of the royal family I'm really going to miss. Yes, absolutely. This is going to be this is one subject where there's going to be no no disagreement mm. between us. I think, and we we've spoken about it a few times. You know, whenever when he's been taken into mm. hospital, and we've been like, oh, and we both said it, it's a really sad day. But when you you sent me a, an expletive <laughs> filled, well, in fact, it, it was expletive filled because it was just one one word. Uh, when and it was before the before the uh, news had broke on the BBC, so I assume you've got internal palace <laughs> sources. But yeah, it was really, really very sad. Well, we've both been the same. We get the BBC news alerts that go off on our phones and things when there's breaking news, and we've been saying this for a few months now. Every time it's been going off, I've been looking at it quickly to see if. It had to happen sooner or later. As I say, 99. I just wish it would have been lovely if he could have turned up and he could have got a telegram from his wife. How nice would that have been? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know there's been a bit of a thing about he didn't want anything to do with his 100th birthday anyway, but it would have been nice for, for us as a as a country, as people who he, he has served, like you say, for nearly 100 years. and And he was really young when he married princess Mm. elizabeth you know he's been by her side ever since and yeah it would have been nice for us to have been able to wish him a happy birthday now we get to commemorate him and his you know at his funeral and in books of remembrance of stuff Mm. but it would have been nice if it was a a slightly happier (laughs) happier occasion yeah um the one thing which never fails to let us down is the internet Mm mm-hmm this is a 99-year-old, if nothing else, husband, grandfather, great-grandfather. But a year ago, everyone was wailing and wringing their tears out for Captain Tom, who was... Was he 101 when he died? A hundred. He was a hundred. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, it's never nice when an old person dies. 
But there was a great outpouring of grief for somebody the public had only really known for, what, 18 months, maybe two years? Yeah. And I'm not trying to take away from what he did, his fundraising. It was all brilliant and, you know, very entertaining interviews. But he'd not been in the public eye for 100 years in the same way that Prince Philip had actually been working. I mean, he stopped work at 96. (laughs) That's a fairly long career in anybody's book. Yeah. And for people to come out and say, good riddance and glad he's gone and, uh, you know, he's father of a paedophile. What is the matter with you people? It was really, really disgusting. I, I think we both said that we uh, turned Twitter off yeah. on, uh, on the day the news broke because people were, they were just being nasty. And we got a message from uh, from your fellow podcaster and our friend Simon, who is a staunch um, Republican. Republican. And he said, you know, whether whether you like the royal family or not, whether you approve of them, whether you think they're a waste of money or whatever your views on the royal family... There is never, ever an excuse for celebrating the death of a 99-year-old man, particularly when you think of everything that he's done for us. I mean, even if he wasn't married to the Queen, even if he was just Phil Mm. Bloggs from from Number 17, to have been married to someone for 73 years, to have worked in a job that... You never have a day off. Yeah, a, a non-stop, pretty thankless job until you're 96... And to have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and do that all in the public eye. I mean, that's that's an achievement for anything. And it was just a way of people trying to get the funniest, you know, the edgiest comment out there just to get some likes and retweets and stuff. And it was it was really very sad. Well, you had celebrities jumping on the bandwagon as well, which I just couldn't get my head around. Is this are you so short of material? Rufus Hound was one. He, he tweeted, who's going to fight He-Man now? What's the matter with you? If somebody said that about... Captain Tom had died. If somebody said anything about him, there would have been uproar. There would have been pilloried to bits. But because these are public figures, and the royal family is sort of lumped in with politicians, everybody hates politicians, they're all the same. Blah, blah, blah. Royal family, parasites, they don't give us anything. They cost I would not have that job. I would not no. have their job. I mean, for all the, you know, oh, they get posh dinners and they get driven about everywhere and they get to live in palaces. Yeah, but how many of those functions have they been sat there bored shitless through the entire thing? You're not telling me they've enjoyed everyone. Because yeah. I, in my former life on the council, I used to have to sit through some tedious shit. And that was only for a few hours as a minor local politician. Yeah. These are the head of state and her husband sitting through huge, elaborate five-hour ceremonies sometimes. And you think, how many of the... Oh, God, we've been through this before. I can't be bothered today. Can we not just roll over and go back to bed? No. Queen's 90. She's 95. She's still far more active than any other 95-year-old I've ever met. Yeah. The Queen has already started doing some some duties again yes on the day of recording she is yeah uh, yes and uh, it's one it's one of those where i don't care what your views are on the royal family these people and we you know we're talking about prince philip has worked his entire life and as you say he's he's not just been the queen's husband and support it which he which is a job in itself mm. and a pretty awful job because all those dinners and everything that you say they had to go to 
he went to as just the husband. Yes. It was all about the queen and, you know, they were toasting her majesty. Mm. He just had to sit there probably next to some boring... <laughs> you know, some queen's husband from another country or the you know the first lady of another country who he had no interest in but he also worked so hard he did the world wildlife fund which he put all, a lot of effort in which has now passed down to some of his kids the duke of edinburgh mm. award the duke of edinburgh engineering grants I, I was hearing about today which is another thing which some of james dyson for example who uh, <laughs> a somewhat controversial figure but um he got his start from the duke mm. well, one of the duke of edinburgh schemes and it's just you just think all of that and yet when when he dies all we talk about is either stupid skeletor jokes or who's going to pay for the funeral, or are we going to get a day off? Stupid stuff. And the focus I, that you mentioned before on, on his his gaffes, which I get, you know, he he said some things that weren't appropriate. He shouldn't have said, and no doubt he got in trouble for mm, it. I imagine her indoors gave him a good hard bollocking when <laughs> yes. they got home. yes. yes. But to to describe, you know, to say, oh, well, it's just another racist. Dad. He wasn't a racist. He made misguided and silly jokes that were uh, some of them were racist, very offensive comments, and you know we shouldn't brush over them. But at the same time, was that that was maybe three or four things that he said in his entire life? We should be focusing on the things that he actually did. Well, there's two things there. One, he's from a different generation, and. It must have been a steep learning curve, let's put it that way, when he married the Queen. I'm not excusing it, but a different time. An entire century of attitudes evolving. We've all dropped a few bollocks. I can forgive him a few gaffes here and there. That were not badly intended. They weren't said to offend. No. And this is the thing that I keep coming back to. With anybody that they make a mistake or a gaffe or they say something that he's taken wildly out of context or misinterpreted or ramped up into something that it isn't, unless there's intent there, intent to wound, intent to offend, and they're either repentant for it or it's just said jokingly, however misguided, don't pillory somebody for something, for just tripping up now and then. Nobody's perfect. And all these armchair keyboard warriors, oh, terrible racist, Really? You've never said anything in your... Mm. Mm. Yeah, and say saying a few things. Yes, as you say, mis- misguided. But he spent most of his life travelling around the Commonwealth yeah. and represent, you know, representing the royal family. He met people from all different countries. He spoke to them. He took an interest in their lives. He found out things about the country and... He helped the Queen as well, who mm. often didn't know, you know, what country is this, what the customs are. He he found out things because he was genuinely interested. That doesn't strike me as someone who's who's deeply racist and just out to offend. Well, there are tribes that have they've got his portrait. They are mourning him. Tribes in Africa, oh. deepest, darkest Asia, are mourning Prince Philip, who to some of them is uh, he is their god. Like C-3PO. Now, like C-3PO, yes, although without the fires and the <laughs> levitating. But you think, we don't know what went on in nope, He no. might have had the force, who <laughs> knows. But all, to cut through all of that, a great man, 
And there's not many have chalked up a list of achievements and public service that's gone on that long. Just because we don't see all of it doesn't mean that it doesn't go on every single day. Two or three engagements every single day. To live that long and rev your engine that hard. Oh, well, they live such good lives, don't they? And it won't. Yeah, but surely at some point, you know, it's just like, I just want a fucking day off. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not something you can do. Your diary's filmed for you. The Queen, even the Queen. She's got engagements coming out of her ears. Yeah. They are being delegated now more and more to the, the junior royals, but... Even so, 95. Most 95-year-olds, if they're still with us, are either, you know, feet up watching Countdown, that's the highlight of the day, (laughs) or bedridden. They're not out gallivanting, entertaining the subjects and and serving the public. The senior royals earn every penny of the pittance that I contribute towards it every year. They're welcome to it for the work they do. Absolutely. I know uh, Prince Philip didn't want a fuss when he died. No state funeral. No, he insists on no state funeral. So I guess it's probably kind of good in a way that the COVID thing is here because that's sort of... Given them this. Yeah, (laughs) because now they've got to do what he asked. Um, But yeah, it'll be be very sad and this episode will go out on the day of his funeral. It will. I'll be be sitting, watching it on the TV and raising a glass. What did uh, what do we think Prince Philip drank? Or do we do we know? I don't know. That's has it not been referenced in the Crown? The Queen Mother likes a gin and dubonnet, didn't she? She did. Yes. That was her favourite drink. I think whiskey. He drinks whiskey in the uh... in the Crown. Yeah. Oh well, it must be. It must be true then. I'll have to. Uh, well, I don't like whiskey, so I'll have a gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I've got. A bottle of whiskey that is, I've had it about 10 years and there's only about a fifth of it gone because it's only for when my dad comes and he'll have a glass after we have a meal together yeah. here. So we can have a tot over the weekend. But I think it would be a little bit disrespectful to do either Screening Queens or Feather or not for this one. So yes. we would advise you, just watch Prince Philip's funeral. There's bound to be some coverage on the telly. I think that's a, that's as uh, as respectful as we can or disrespectful as we can be on this occasion. <laughs> but we shall raise a glass to you, sir. Thank you very much for all your years of service. You will be missed. Your Royal Highness. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.